Hey everybody, this is Eric Kenry. Ken like the doll, Rye like the bread. You might know me better as Eric Stevens. You're listening to Wrestling Cheers. Taking your way in the world today, takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries, sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Oh, wait, is it Stevens or Ken Rye? This is Wrestling Cheers. We like to talk about things going to Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we have interviews along the way. This is an interview with Eric Stevens slash Eric Ken Rye. I'm your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe your Everless This Fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose to desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com. Like I said, this is an interview with the Cookie Dad, Eric Stevens. Eric Kenry. I've said your name so many times now that I kind of got the government name memorized. How's it going, Eric? It's going good, Justin. How you doing? I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um a nice little fun night. Hopefully they don't the power doesn't go off on me, but yeah. Uh nonetheless, <laughs> still still fun. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I think you're I think you're okay. I think this is meant to be. I think it's going to go down without a hitch. Mm-hmm. So, I'm excited to be here. It's been uh 3 eventful years. Yeah, like uh, one thing that I, I want to, we want dive into like what life has been like since then, as I was skimming through the last episode, didn't listen to the whole thing. I actually wish I did make sure certain notes. There was one comment that we said that in hindsight, I was like, oh shit, that kind of turned out better for both of us. Uh, at this point, uh, when we recorded it was about April, 2020, the future of a lot of things were just up in the air and we kind of talked about the 2020 NFL season and you're like you know what uh, <laughs> I just I think it's it's just a wash let's just get ready for 2021 and I was like oh it could be worse you could be a Browns fan and you're like that's true well uh, the 2020 season did happen the Browns actually did pretty good we actually made it to the playoffs and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, won the Super Bowl can't complain about that yeah <laughs> I I look back on that season very fondly for a number of reasons. Number one, because it was a good life lesson in, I guess, pessimism. Now, some might argue that I was doing a little reverse psychology, you know, convincing myself we're going to have a horrible season. And then even if we had a decent one, I would have been elated. Still, I was not a Tom Brady guy. I was not a believer in Tom Brady whatsoever, no matter what my friends from the Northeast would tell me. And for the first six games of the season, I looked like I was right. But then, you know, Tom does what Tom does, turned it around. And that late season run was just so incredible and so surreal. And I ended up getting a Tom Brady tattoo because of it. But that's a story for maybe later in this podcast, if we have time to tell it. But the best part about that season was that I got to watch the Bucks win a Super Bowl with my son and my dad almost, you know, 20 years 
to the day that I got to watch the Bucks win the first Super Bowl with my dad, which was a huge moment for for us because obviously the reason I'm a Bucks fan is my dad. And so the reason Cam, my son, is a Bucks fan is because of me. So for three generations to sit there and watch the Bucks win a Super Bowl, I never thought we'd be back there in, I don't know. It, it definitely didn't cross my mind. I never thought it was even a possibility. So to have that moment, I have zero regret with my Tom Brady tattoo. I owe him that much for giving me that that moment in my life, and I'll never forget it. I think we see those moments a lot in sports to where an accomplished player will go off to another team and, you know, whatever team that is, they're just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we got them now. We're, we're going to be great, blah, blah, blah. And majority of the time, that that's not the case. The only times I can think of off the top of my head that it actually worked out is Tom Brady and um, Peyton Manning. And even Peyton Manning, like, he still had that first time he went to the Super Bowl with the Broncos and got killed. Yeah, it got smashed. They were like, oh, he's washed. He's done. Which is the same thing I said about about Brady. Mm-hmm. His arm strength, his arm strength was very clearly diminished. And I just felt like he didn't have what it took with what the Bucks had to put it together. And I was wrong, just like everybody was wrong about Peyton. Because they, you know, that's why they are two of the greatest of all time, because they can do that. And yeah, the now Tom Brady has more Super Bowls than any franchise like just think about that like there's 32 franchises in the nfl and none of them have that many insane he's the goat man i i came around a little late but i i actually always thought he was the greatest quarterback of all time greatest football player of all time mm-hmm. and probably because i didn't have any sort of ill will like a lot of my friends did because you know the bucks and the patriots didn't really have much history barely ever played so it wasn't like my friends were jets fans and giants fans i understood their disdain but i always respected the man as an athlete and i thought he was you know he was always just amazing just performing under pressure so well and i just thought we got him a little bit late i was wrong though because he he won us the super bowl i was anti tom brady for many years and then when I started playing fantasy football, I would put my fandom to the side and then it's just like, okay, I want who's the best. And eventually I think it might've been my first or second season. I can't exactly remember. It might've been the second where I got, I got Tom Brady and I was like, okay. And I would watch him in game, just like maybe just watching stats where like he was doing horrible. And then all of a sudden, like, boom, like he kills it. I'm just like, oh, I'm like, I'm looking at Tom Brady from just like, from a fan point of view, like actually look from a fan of the, the sport. I'm like, I really, I enjoy Tom Brady. And that's when I completely changed my mind. And I'm like, when I root for him against the Browns, no, uh, but still like just from a non-biased point of view, looking at how great he is, I'm like, it, it's hard to really diminish that people try to with a lot of the scandals and everything, or even maybe saying, you know, it's all, it's all Bill Belichick, which Bill Belichick probably plays a part of it a little, but still like there's, there's th- those stats don't lie. You know, to put it in pro wrestling terms, I think, that there's a big comparison we made, at least for me, between John Cena and mm-hmm. Tom Brady. In my fandom, even as a as somebody who's been in the business, I never really respected John Cena for like the first three quarters of his career. Because in ring, he never into that, you know, that that little run he had with the uh what was it, the US title maybe mm-hmm. and uh, 
where he started just doing code reds for no reason and doing all sorts of crazy shit. He never really did anything spectacular in the ring. And it wasn't until I really sat back and reflected on his career and the matches he's had and the longevity he's had and the consistency he's had that I was like, you know what? This dude is one of the greatest to ever do it Mm -hmm. because you can say a lot of things about how exciting or technically sound quote unquote, a John Cena matches, but he never almost never has bad matches Mm -hmm. just doesn't it's kind of like tom brady like when big games he almost always shows up so he he doesn't he doesn't choke even when his team chokes like in the the giant super bowl you can't really put that on tom brady because he played his ass off it's just you know eli had his number but john cena is very similar just a long career a lot of it's very he's very divisive just like tom brady mostly just because wrestling fans are annoying and they just have to crap on what's popular that's kind of the thing but i respect the hell out of john cena he's a hard worker tom brady's a hard worker and they both have this crazy catalog you just can't it's undeniable you just look at look back at all the matches look back at all the games there's it's really hard to argue that if john cena isn't the greatest wrestler of all time like total package wrestler of all time he's definitely like a top five or top ten guy and then the comparisons in there even a little bit more with the new england connection because that's yeah, so natural when it comes to uh, Cena and Tom Brady, but yeah, I, I could I could see that with with Cena, and I was I would think I was the same way with him too. Like I just I definitely didn't like him for a time, but it was before the U.S. title run where I just I kind of started to respect him a little bit more. But definitely that U.S. title run, even just the fact of like having the matches he was with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, I was like, you know what, I'm I think I'm looking at John Cena just through the the wrong lenses i need to look at it through uh, these these other lenses and i i always too the sometimes i think fans in particular forget that like one of the biggest components of wrestling or just like of, of the fandom is the kids because like a lot of us that grew up with it like we have those memories whether it be with hogan warrior savage austin michaels brett like whoever it is like you have your guy that you had that you liked early on Cena was that for a generation and he he got some of the quote opportunities because of it but I went through it for me it was it was Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart so like I had those moments with them why can't another generation have it so that's when I looked at it from Cena from a just different point of view I think age makes you change your perspective a lot you get the wisdom you get the that perspective from a different angle and you're like you know what that was too hard on this guy kind of kind of flips the opposite way sometimes with things. For example, when I was a kid, I was kind of try hard and I would, uh, I, I really thought the prequels, the star Wars prequels were terrible. And then as I got older, I started to gain respect for them, but still looked at them critically and say, these are not good movies. However, I do enjoy these movies. They still, they're still technically bad. I mean, yeah. uh, objectively speaking, they are bad films. <laughs> But, you know, you gain appreciation for things as you get older that maybe you don't have with a younger, more, I guess, jaded lens. You're supposed to be, I've become less jaded as I've gotten older, I suppose. Uh, And I think having kids helps with that. You kind of look at things uh, through a childlike lens. Not that I was the most mature person ever, but, you know, you see things as kids see it. You're like, oh, it's not so, uh, it's pretty, pretty fun. But John Cena was never a guy that I actively disliked. But man, as as time has gone, uh, 
I, I just like him more and more. And similarly with Sean and Brett, I really liked Sean back then. But mm-hmm. now as time has gone on, if you ask my opinion, I think, you know, Brett's significantly better in, in many ways, especially because he didn't lead to this weird, uh, I guess it's kind of phased down now, but the independent culture of the last like mm-hmm. 10, 15 years, the showstopper, the main event, you know, the blah, 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 all that shit the you know that that general uh culture um that's Shawn michael's fault so i harbor a little bit of resentment towards him there but in ring wise i always got to give brett the edge and when i was a kid i was like oh brett's so boring and now i'm like oh man brett was awesome i i'm the oddball there because i like brett and sean almost equally like almost throughout their whole career like even going back to like this is kind of like one of my favorite stories like wrestlemania 12 it was Obviously, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Iron Man match, um, March 31st, 1996. And the reason why I can say I remember the date is because that was my 10th birthday. And I Mm. loved both of them. So it was kind of like this cool birthday present that here are my two favorites going for the title. Like I was rooting for Shawn because obviously I wanted that the boyhood dream and the way they were building. Like I wanted that to happen. But I also remember before like Shawn had that that face turn, everything with Bret was just for my age just like seemed cool like you always wanted to be that kid in the front row that got the shades like if you were a kid watching at that time i feel like majority of us that's like we wanted to be that kid at some point so i've always loved him i loved him at that point i never wanted to like turn my back on him so i always try to like i would even say like they're both my top favorite i can't pick between the two but as a kid i probably leaned a little bit more towards sean especially after that that uh face turn but as an adult, like there is, there is this part of me that's kind of like you that I, I kind of lean a little bit more towards Brett, but I still love them both. Makes sense. Another thing that that has uh, changed, two things, but uh, kind of similar. Uh, well, you, if I'm correct, I think this was uh, after the interview. You did lose a dog, mm-hmm. got another one, and also you have a, a second daughter, a third child. Yeah, a lot has happened. <laughs> the Cliff Notes version is going back to that time period business was really good cookies and cream was killing it online we were preparing to open up a brick and mortar in the near future and uh that went off without a hitch however the business was a little more difficult to run than anticipated and so it started to struggle financially and that led to a little dark period of my life. But like you mentioned, we lost two dogs in two months. It was really hard on us as a family. But thankfully, also, as you mentioned, we welcomed Emerson, Ray, Kenry into our family in between those two losses of our pets in October of 2021. And so that was a massive life changer because we had all but conceded to two children and then one day my wife my wife says to me she goes hey what do you think about a third i go listen you know that whatever you want to do and we're going to do it so you just tell me where to be and we'll make it happen and we did so she had a kind of a vision about our family and she didn't see us ending with two uh so it was her call and i was obviously in full support so yeah uh emerson ray camera she is it's hard to say if it's recency bias or not, but she might be our happiest kid. And that it's really, really nice to have that, that third wheel, so to speak with her and 
Cameron and Brooklyn. The dynamic is very interesting. Poor thing's going to be extremely tough because she's getting beat up by two siblings instead of just <laughs> one. So, and Brooklyn is definitely taking advantage of the size difference. She's just so rough with her. I'm like, man, you're just paying it forward. You're paying it forward because Cam was rough with her. So, yeah. you know how it is. There's always a bigger fish in the in the sea, except for I mean, she's the smallest one, but uh, she's going to be tough for sure. At least, like, seen from the like the Instagram photos and everything, she almost looks like Brooklyn 2.0. Yeah, I think that's just because she's a girl. I, yeah, I look at pictures of myself as a little kid, and I didn't really resemble. I mean, some some pictures of Cam you see it, but I think Emmy is the one that most closely resembles me as a child, especially the circumference of her, of her skull because I have a very big head. And she has a huge head. And my other two kids, they kind of have peanut heads. So <laughs> my wife's genetics, I suppose. But yeah, she, who knows? And that's the thing. It's hard to guess who they're going to look like because they, they go through so many changes in different phases and their hair color changes and their facial features change. And it's just so crazy that I get to watch the process happen for a third time, you know, slowly but surely. I mean, she'll be two in October and just watching her little personality blossom over the past few months has been amazing. But there is that, that melancholy side to it, the bittersweet side where you say, you know what, this is the last first mm-hmm. you're ever going to get. No more first steps, no more first words, no more first anything. Once they happen, this is the last time you ever see it. So it's definitely made me more grateful and, and more present in these moments because I know there's no uh, do-overs here. Well, with her turning two in October, I'm where I'm kind of getting the link with Brooklyn. I'm wondering if like when she gets later in twos and more in the threes, will that will she be in the same kind of uh, terror as I know Brooklyn can be or could be at that time? That's the hope that you, you have as a parent that there's going to be some differences in their personalities, right? Mm, yeah. You know, kids are kids, but still cam is real hard i mean he's still hard he's seven and he's still hard but maybe maybe it's because he's a boy maybe it's because the firstborn a lot of variables there brooklyn is the way she is because she is the middle child and i think that whatever personality traits she was going to have regardless they got amplified by by us adding a third kid and so she is very much her mother's daughter (laughs) you know Cam Cam got my got my temper and Brooklyn got my wife's moodiness and just general uh how do I how do I explain this in a way that won't get me in trouble? Um have you heard of the the abbreviation RBF? Are you familiar with RBF? Not off the top of my head. Resting okay. B word. Yes, okay, yeah. So, my wife has that. She's, it's, a, it's a really bad case. If you look at her in public, you would think she's the most unapproachable, mean person on earth, very closed off, uh, very guarded, but she's not. She's very warm. She's very nice. It's just that's her default facial expression. She just looks pissed off. And Brooklyn kind of has that too. Very, she's can be happy, but for the most part, she's just a little, little stoic. For especially for a girl her age, mm. but she, so and then Emmy is just all smiles, all waves, all hi hi, you know. And I don't know, maybe it's maybe she's going to go down the same path. Maybe she'll just. I mean, look, she's already belligerent. She just does random shit that I'm just like, why are you? Why? Why are you on top of that right now? Why are you climbing this, please? But you know, she's about to turn two, so that's just what they do. Whether she will rearrange her 
furniture in her room during nap time, like Brooklyn is known to do and (laughs) inexplicably walk out of her room wearing a life jacket. Uh, I cannot say, cause that's only the future can tell, but I am cautiously anticipating watching that development, see how she blossoms. How is, uh, cam handling being the two-time big brother now because i obviously when you, when it's just uh when it was just brooklyn it's it's one thing but now like you're the older brother to two sisters yeah the transition wasn't hard for him like it was with with brooklyn because he went from there being the only child to being one of two this time around he was a little bit older more mature and able to emotionally process things better and i think that we had the benefit with with our first experience we spaced out cam and brooklyn by roughly two years that we knew we wanted to space out i mean this is just the way it happened but we were going to do this regardless if we decided to have a third child to space out at least by three years which is how we ended up doing it because when a five-year-old or when brooklyn was she was four when emmy was born she was a little more emotionally prepared mm-hmm. as opposed to Cam, who was two when Brooklyn was born. He, you don't know, they don't know how to process kind of emotions. They're, they're all confused. They don't know what's going on. So it manifests in some real, real tough behavior, you know, some real behavior or some very, how do I explain this? It, it, it's almost like they're projecting their, their, frustrations out into the world onto you. It just, it just manifests in some uncharacteristic stuff because they're just acting out. They don't know how else to, they don't know how to communicate it verbally. So they're just going to break shit and do, and do bad shit all the time. As opposed to Brooklyn, who was, you know, four. And I think girls are just faster bloomers mm-hmm. in terms of maturity than, than boys are. They just kind of get things on an emotional level sooner which is nice. And she was, she was excited. I don't, I don't remember any moments where she seemed jealous, uh, at least outwardly, you know, I'm sure mm-hmm. now when she slaps her in the back really hard or pokes her with a toy, it's probably like, Oh, I didn't ask for you. I didn't want you here. <laughs> you know, a little, bit, a little bit of that plus they're girls. So they're going to be going at it for sure for their whole life. Um, they got to share a bathroom, at least at this house. So we have to get a new house. We got to get another bathroom because that's, It'll be like friggin' uh, one of those prison shows on A and E. Just be slugging <laughs> it out. <laughs> but yeah, so there's a there's there's some interesting dynamics at play, but it it changes so frequently. You know, it's a dynamic process. They as they age, they change so much, and it's just hard to anticipate anything. So you just kind of kind of ride the wave and hope for the best. You haven't even been at that house that long, right? Uh, we've been here since 2019 and time has flown because I feel like we just got here, mm-hmm. but, uh, we've been here for four years now. love this neighborhood, love this house. But once we went from two kids to three kids, we quickly realized how small our house really was. Yeah. I, I that obviously would do it. Cause I think I've seen a post recently where you talked about, uh, the next time you move and mm-hmm. I was just like, man, they just, they've been there and like not. Not that long, but at the same time, 2020 felt like a decade in its own. But because I did, I I remember those uh, family food dude videos where like back when it was just Cam and you were at the at a different house. And then obviously, like when you moved and all that kind of stuff, like there was just this clear difference. And in a way, it doesn't seem like that long ago. But then again, yeah, like 2019. 
Yeah, the, and 2020 aged us all, and it just made time seem like like that last four years has been, like you said, like 2020 was a decade unto itself. It was so much happened. It was very stressful for so many of us. And, you know, that was a, I was glad we moved here because if we would have been in quarantine in our old house, uh, I don't know if we would have made it just because of the way our neighborhood was set up. And we moved to a much more walkable kid friendly area uh where we could you know get out of the house and go on walks and we did that all through covid we just go out as a family we walk every single morning because you know we had little kids and they need exercise and without mm-hmm. school they weren't and they weren't getting anything so we'd run them ragged and thankfully that all cleared up but it just reminds me of covid every time we have summer and there's no camps going and we have all three now we have all three kids and it's you know i'm the stay-at-home dad my wife right now has a busier work schedule than me so i always have all three kids in the mornings at least so it really does feel a little bit like the walls are closing in at times but I also relish the challenge and I take it head on so I don't wish for any sort of pandemic anytime soon again just some people like how they got closed off from the world but being trapped in this house with all three kids for multiple hours is how do I how do I put this delicately uh, it's hard it's yeah. very hard like whenever we have a hurricane I'm just like oh god here we go <laughs> Here we go. Who's going to survive this one? And then, uh, like I, I said too, you also added uh, you added a cupcake. Yes, we added the worst dog I've ever owned. Well, she's actually she's actually lying right next to me. I'm I'm being facetious. I I love her. I love all our dogs, but she is. You know, we talk about kids, right? You can only compare and contrast your own children. And Batman. Our French, bull, our first French bulldog. He's just turned eleven this year. Is the best dog I've ever owned. The most obedient, the like chillest, the smartest. Just like he, we house trained him in like a day. It was amazing. He's a mm-hmm. genius. Meanwhile, Cupcake here. I don't know how many times she peed in the house today. You're like seven months old, almost eight months old. I'm talking to you. She's <laughs> sleeping and, and farting on me. Um, she is so she's still we're still figuring out the the peepees in the house. We're getting better with the poopoos, but the peepees, I don't know what's going on. She does go to the door sometimes, like fifty percent of the time, so that's helpful. <laughs> and uh, she she's very athletic, freakishly athletic for a French bulldog. Actually, very lean. She's shredded. She's like four percent body fat, even though we feed her a bunch, and she ends up eating human food because she can jump really high. And we have to put her on the patio when the kids eat meals because she will literally jump up on the table and start eating the kids' food in front of them. Wow! This is the level of disrespect and belligerence this dog has. She is not scared one bit of these kids. And I'll just I'll like leave the room and I hear Brooklyn yes start to scream. And I'll come out and she's just housing some chicken nuggets. I'm like, come on. And I'll sort of put her outside. And that's oh and she can also jump up on her bed. And she snores louder than Batman despite weighing like 14 pounds. I don't get it. She's just an all around pain in the ass, but she's our pain in the ass. So I mean she's made Batman She's actually restored a little bit of Batman's youth, though. I feel like he's he's become more rambunctious with her. They he plays for about four minutes, but still, it's better than nothing. Yeah, Batman at least had to wait till the kids left the table before he would uh, jump up there and grab food. 
he can't even jump up there anymore. Yeah. He just has to hit, hit the ground. Meanwhile, this thing can has a nine foot vertical leap. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat with my Frenchie. She is 12. I think we're right now about 12 and a half. Her birthday's in uh, January. Definitely getting old. We had to get uh, some steps for our bed so she could get into it. Because if she didn't, she would just spend the whole night whining. Uh, we believe her hearing's going. She has the the smokiness in her eyes where her vision's kind of going. But like she could, she'll follow you and everything but they're probably like some sort of vision issue i'm guessing with uh, the smokiness but it's just she's getting old it's showing but like she still has like certain signs of life and i'm now dealing with her potentially having like some other issues to where like where she she'll have accidents some of it just not being able to hold it as long as she used to and i've i had to pay for that i think it was this past weekend where we slept in just a little bit and then she was kind of annoying me to get up so I was like, okay, fine, you know, I'll get up, like, let me go pee, and then I'll I'll take you potty. No, I, not fast enough. Uh, not fast enough. She pissed in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> and getting that smell out of the mattress it, uh, it is a pain in the ass. Listen, I relate to that. I'm 41. <laughs> this, well, this enlarged <laughs> prostate, man, it makes life very difficult sometimes. I'm like, I just peed. Why do I have to pee again? So I, I, I understand like Batman's always trying to go out. I'm like, all right, but hold on, let me just get you. But he's got, he's in control of his faculties. He's got good, really good hearing. I think his vision's getting a little, a little cloudy. If I'm, cause I used to be able to throw up any kind of little f- tree or piece of food, catch it out of midair. Now, sometimes it just kind of flies by his face, but mm-hmm. he, uh, he definitely recognizes people still because he just runs to the door for everything. He's, but I think like that 11 to 12 or, you know, the, the after they cross the 10 year threshold, Frenchies are just kind of one of those breeds that they just hit one, have one of those years where they just age so rapidly mm-hmm. and they go from being like, Oh wow, look how youthful they are to just looking their age. So I I'm sure you had the same kind of thoughts when you look at your, your dog, it's just like, man, this is bullshit. You don't get to live forever, dude. This is just a true injustice of life. Well, one of the, the bigger things too, cause I want to say her, she is just, or she was technically a little bit younger than, uh, Manny the Frenchie and you know, Manny, oh, yeah, dude. Manny just passed away. Broke my heart. Yeah. I, and it was like out of nowhere. And you know, you, it's just like buying a dog. When you follow a dog Instagram, you know that mm. eventually, someday, as long as they keep running the account, they're going to make a post like that. But it just felt so out of nowhere. And I don't know how, what your history is like, but I even commented that Manny was the first French Bulldog account I ever followed on Instagram, like when he was a puppy. Mm-hmm. And he was the dog that made me, that was the Instagram account that made me want to get a French bulldog. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of, it was very, very sad. And then you are shaken because you look, you know, two chains, Frenchie trappy died a few weeks ago and he was only 10. So then I end up looking at Batman. I'm like, Oh my God, dude, you could just like mm-hmm. die now. That's whack as fuck. Just like, you know, when you hear about celebrities passing like, Oh, they died. They were 71 years old. And then I'm like, Oh shit. My dad's 72. Like he could just keel over at any mm-hmm. second. Just the those little reminders about the, I guess, brevity of life, especially the lives of our pets, is always a little disturbing. But you know, try not to think too much about that. Still, every time I walk past him, I make sure to smooch him on the nose and mm-hmm. tell him I love him because he's my best boy. 
my my history with Manny was at the time I was dating a girl that had a Frenchie and I I wasn't necessarily as in love with the breed. But then like as I found Manny, which I don't remember how I just did. And like I kind of fell in love with him, which made me fall in love more with my ex's dog. And it helped me. And then there was a time where Manny followed my account. Like this was we're talking like 2013 ish. Uh, eventually unfollowed somewhere along the line, but I used to post a lot of pictures of that dog, that, that Frenchie. And I always wanted to do like some of those, uh, parties they would do in Chicago with Manny. Cause I wanted to meet Manny. I thought that he was a, such a lovely dog. Uh, yeah. I loved like the vid, the pictures of like him in the sink or, uh, some of them of him, like just like talking out of nowhere of that, like that Frenchie speak. Yeah, I would probably be annoyed if my dog did that. But like the fact that I'm watching it in a video, I'm like, oh, you know, it's cute and everything. And then when me and my ex broke up, literally within a month, I found my dog and she wasn't even a puppy. She was um, she was used for breeding and the owners were were done and they were like, all right, you know, they were trying to sell her. And only the issue that we kind of have with her uh, and I've had her whole life, she can be very jealous and like Mm -hmm. not want. Uh, me to get attention from like any other dog or cat or something, but that's going off on this tangent of uh, Manny. But yeah, I I loved watching watching him grow. But when you would definitely see like his health decline over the past year or so, because like his he started having, like that one problem with his ear would always be drooping. Yeah, and they stopped doing the parties and everything. It's like oh, so yeah. And then like if you if you kind of notice too, like I think Manny actually died in June. Like it took them a while to post that, which I understand like that there, that's a grieving process. And they've, the, uh, the owners, I know they have like a few dogs and I mean, they still have like at least three others, three other Frenchies, but I know they had like uh, other dogs that have passed away. And like, the, just to keep going through that, like, it just sucks. Yeah. But yeah, cupcake. I, I love the name. Uh, I would love to get a, another Frenchie, but unfortunately like where we are with our apartment like we are like we have like we're technically like over on our pets yeah. so we, we can't even like get another but i like, think i know i've said whenever zool like passes away that i do want to get another one just because like i love how they can be very low maintenance but also just so loving like i know all dogs are but i feel like frenchies is just a little bit more yeah i agree i'm biased but i, I agree I've had a few different breeds of dogs, and Frenchies are by far my favorite. By the way, Zool, great name. Great name for a French Bulldog. Thank you. I was in between that and uh, a name that was going to be a uh, Doctor Who reference. I was going to name it Pond. And I was just between the two, and like, I had enough people like kind of like push me towards Zool. And I'm like, all right. Like, and I, I, I mean, I love Ghostbusters. So it's just, it is, yeah. it's just a fun name. And also, like, I should say the Marshmallow Man was always my favorite character. And even though, it's not exactly the same thing, but like they're at least linked to some point. So it, it, it all works out. Yeah. Obviously Batman was an, such an easy mm-hmm. name, not a unique name. I don't think, but he's a black French bulldog and Batman is my favorite superhero. So I was like, yeah, it's Batman. I'm like, yeah, sure. My wife typically not very uh, nerd tolerant was very very happy with the name so i was excited and uh yeah it stuck and cupcake was always the girl name we had in mind mm-hmm. 
not cookie, not ice cream, but cupcake. I just think it's a really funny name. So glad we finally got her. It's too bad she's such a shithead, but hey, <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah, I'm just talking shit to her right now. She's also super needy. Mm. So she, we have to take her out of bed because she will jump up. We got a higher bed. Like it's, it's friggin' like eight feet off the ground. I almost roll my ankle every time I get out of it. And she's able just to jump up there. So we have to take her out. Cause she, like I said, it's not so much that we need the space because she's skinny. She's tiny for a French bulldog. This thing snores like uh, louder than Batman does. Mm-hmm. I don't want to understand. So we have to take her out. But yeah, she's spoiled and needy. And uh, she's a, she thinks she's a princess. So I'm a huge fan of unique pet names because th- there, there's some out there that are just very, very common. Like, hey, if you want to name your pet that, that's fine. But I always like. Or I've had ever since, oddly enough, since my ex who had that French Bulldog. That French Bulldog was named Halpert after mm. Jim Halpert from The Office. So that's where I kind of got the idea of like, okay, you know, weird pet names. Something that's not common, but like has like a story to it. So for Zul, obviously, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Ghostbusters. I pick that. And then we have two cats. Uh, the first cat, his name doesn't sound like um, unique what the story is and it's uh it's dexter and it is from uh the show dexter because of the first show me and my now wife like started watching together even though i had already seen it but like we were just watching it all the way together was uh dexter so uh. so when we got the cat and it was like this was our first pet together and we were trying to like come up with names and like i had a bunch like because of my last name summers i wanted to name a pet cable uh, yes We've and I've often joked that uh like maybe a, for a female it would be Buffy, just mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like and there's obviously a bunch of other nerd ones. And then we suck on Dexter. And then for our other cat that we uh, rescued at the beginning of 2021, um, it's a orange cat, orange tabby. And uh, we did one again. Once again, we were like trying to figure out which name would be perfect. Uh, she wanted to go Cheeto, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of a kind of a common name I've heard for cats like that but i'm like how about dorito kind of mm-hmm. kind of kind of similar and like like nacho cheese doritos and she's like no no and we went with and some people won't get it but other people will his name is brownie he is named uh. he is named after the uh cleveland browns elf who's named brownie mm-hmm. and this was because the this was the exact time the browns were in the playoffs and i'm like i'm, I'm so happy like the browns are doing good I kind of want to name him after him, but I'm like, I'm not naming my cat Baker. I'm not naming it Mayfield because like, that's just asking for something to happen. That did happen. Yeah. So Brownie was the one I'm like that right there. Cause I can always say like, you know, it's, it's something that's not leaving. So yeah. Yeah. I love a good story for uh pet teams like that. I'm a big fan of people naming their pets with human names. I just think that's the funniest phenomenon and it's mostly white people uh, i might as well just say it mm-hmm. it's like what's your dog's name oh uh roger I'm like, <laughs> your name's dog roger yeah what's like what's next like this is brandon this is drew i'm like what are you doing you're taking all the fun out of it but it's, it just makes me laugh because you you it's not like kids although i did pitch and i can't believe she didn't go for it when we were trying to pick cam's name i thought Optimus Prime Kenrai would have been fantastic. I mean, look, nobody's going to be named Optimus Prime. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Optimus for short. We only say Optimus Prime when he's in trouble. <laughs> you know, 
there's nothing but bad Optimus Prime Kenrai, you know, and she didn't go for it. And I, it was like the, I was like, God damn. I thought, you know, and I tried to shoehorn in some other stuff. Logan was another one. I really thought we were going to have another boy. So I was lobbying hard for Logan and Brock. Those mm-hmm. are two good, really good dude names that my wife was actually on board with Brock. She was, if I think if Brooklyn would have been a boy, she wouldn't have been named Brock. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, just like Cam would have been Cam either way, we just would have spelled it differently. Probably, we, we were we were married to Cameron for sure, and Emmy was just all my wife. So I can't. I was like, I don't want to come up with another girl name. I came up with Brooklyn. That was one I was in love with. Like you just pick it. She's like Emerson. I'm like, cool. I don't give a shit. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I really did not care. As long as you were going to try to name my daughter Gertrude or Ruth or something, <laughs> I was going to be fine with it. Or I also had to make sure I was like, don't pick something super white people. I don't want to, I don't want like a Briley or a Kaylin or some mm-hmm. weird name like that you just made up. I don't want you to make something up. Like, let's get a real name. So we found a happy medium of whiteness and uh, a cool name. So we just took Emerson and we spell it E M E R S Y N. And then Ray. I did get my, I did get a nerd win because my wife wanted to name her Emerson Ray. And I go, can we spell R, can we spell Ray R-E-Y instead of R-A-Y? And she's like, sure. I was like, hell yeah. Killed it. Ray from Star Wars, Ray Mysterio. There it is. They're just stuck with that forever. R-E-Y. I always forget, is Sarah Del Rey A or E? Ray, R-A-Y because- because she was the death ray and i remember the shirt mm-hmm. so actually you know what now I'm, I'm listen full disclosure i had a gummy so just a second <laughs> let me let me i gotta look this up because i don't want to sound like an asshole because i had this shirt but it could be like the mandela effect right mm-hmm. so uh it is well please be r-e-y son of a bitch it's r-e-y son God. of a bitch <laughs> God, I have this shirt and everything. It's one of my most prized possessions. Yeah, Delray, D-L-E-R-Y, the greatest American women's independent professional wrestler of all time. And a lot of people don't remember who she is or never knew who she was. So, but she's had her. She has her own legacy, obviously. Oh, yeah. Now, backside of things, I always say it's in between her. Which I, I, I probably would pick her uh, over the other one that I'm going to mention because I feel like this is another women's wrestler that was fairly big at some point. Maybe not as big as Sarah Del Rey, but then like disappeared. And that's Haley Hatred. Oh, yeah. That is a name I've not heard in a very long time. No, she's a she's a legend in the Cleveland Territory because <laughs> uh, she was like one of the driving forces behind uh, when AIW had Girls Night Out shows. And uh. yeah, she like... I remember actually I think I have an eight by ten of her. She does she did the um Ultimo Dragon, like a bunch of belt pictures and like she like a lot of the belts were from Japan and everything. Yeah, like uh, one day she just quit. Just just w- walked off into the sunset and uh has kind of like just lived her life. And I know Thorne, I believe he has said that he's been in contact with her sister and just kinda like got an update at some point of yeah, she's doing fine and blah 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 because yeah, like just being like one of those people, one of those wrestlers that's just doing it and then stops. And it's been so long, like her and Sarah, to where, you know, you mentioned those names to some fans. They're just like, uh, who? And it's like, yeah, because yeah, it's just been so long since either of them been active. So another thing 
that uh, you've done since you've last been on. And as I know it's a big thing now. And I, I'm guessing it's it's kind of a transition you have from uh, the cookie business. And that's uh, Tire Dad Fitness Club. Yeah, I actually was coaching for a while from about 2012 until 2000, I want to say 18 or actually 19, 2019. I was still doing some coaching when I came back to wrestling mm-hmm. the first time. And I coached powerlifters, but I just had some general fitness people. And that's kind of how I cut my teeth. I was a personal trainer. So I worked with the general populations and I didn't have any sort of athletic clientele. It was just people wanting to lose weight, get in better shape. Then I started coaching powerlifters and then I got out of the coaching game and now I returned to it in the general fitness uh, niche. And, you know, at first, it's funny you bring up Tired Dad Fitness Club, but at first I wanted just to coach dads. But the more I spent time in the space, the more I realized that just men as a whole need help and need a coach that understands what they're going through. And so I've actually just shifted Tired Dad Fitness Club over branding wise, just to my name, Eric Kenry. Mm-hmm. No, no snazzy brand, just me. I'm the brand because I'm the coach and I, I only coach men. But now I coach men from all sorts of different walks of life. Uh, some have kids, some some don't, but they all are trying to lose body fat, gain muscle, just get in better shape, feel better about themselves, change their mindset and their approach to nutrition and fitness. And that's where I come in. And I'm very grateful that people trust me enough to do that because I love it. It's one of my life's greatest passions to help people. So having a ton of fun with it. You know, summer one half of uh, one of the top tag teams in independent wrestling, Dominic Carini. Because I've I've seen uh, like what you've kind of done with him a little bit, and he, he's look he's looking good. Uh, and obviously, more um, there's probably more to go with him, but yeah, uh, I like that for Dom. It's actually both members of the best tag team in North America because I coach Kevin as well, and they both trust me with their nutrition and training, and really, you know. Dom doesn't want to be one of these super skinny lean dudes because as time has gone on, we, we've seen that the Fed has, uh, sorry, I don't mean to sound like a douche and call it the Fed, but <laughs> old, habits die, old habits die hard. That's what we've, we've listen, I've, I was calling it that in 2003 because I heard some vet say it and it's never been able to leave my lexicon. So it is the Fed. Uh, they're not looking for the super shredded physiques anymore. They just want guys that can go. I mean, well, they did. Now they don't want anybody, but you know what I mean? Now yeah. they want uh, NFL X NFL players and, you know, uh, figure figure models. But anyways, you don't need to be 4% body fat to get signed anymore. So I think it's really awesome that people can kind of ease back on the the leanness and just kind of embrace their their own genetics and builds and you know i'm not to say that you should just accept the bare minimum because i see a lot of really bad bodies that that don't need to be bad if people would just spend a little bit more time on their craft and not just think about the next move they're going to do like start thinking about how you present your your yourself um it's very easy to fix and so that's what kevin and, and dom just need some little tweaks here and there on their diet and, and their training and i think that uh, while the results aren't going to be crazy you know you're not going to ch- overhaul your complete your physique completely because why would you they're the best tag team in north america so if it ain't broke don't fix it but i think you can always improve um, in every aspect of your life especially in 
personal development, whether we're talking our mindset or our bodies. So I'm glad they, they trusted me because I, I, I get a real kick out of that, of that little mentorship role. And it's been a common theme in my life over the past couple of years. I realized that I was not put here to be a performer. I was put here to be a coach. Uh, I might never be in the spotlight, but that's okay. I just hope my guys end up in the spotlight. How do you go from selling cookies to uh, getting people to lose weight? It's it's one of the craziest pivots of all time. I, I I'm conscious of that. It's it almost sounds made up or like a grift. Mm-hmm. But to summarize things in less than an hour, uh, I went through a transformative phase in my life where I hit rock bottom and became more depressed than I'd ever been depressed in my life to the point where, and, and I was so despondent and so. Um, resistant to getting help because I thought I could pull myself out of the hole by myself. I lost sight of how horrible I was being as a father and a husband until my wife was like, Hey, um, if you don't go get help, I'm going to leave. And that shook me to my core. Cause we never, we never fight, mm-hmm. let alone talk about divorce. So that was a big wake up call for me. And I went to therapy, went back to therapy. I'd gone to therapy in the past got on medication and I started my personal development journey. And for anybody out there who, you know, struggle with their mental health and they want to do this transformative process, I recommend starting the same way I did. Uh, Just go back to there, go to therapy. And I know that this might be controversial in this day and age, but I think medication helps a lot because trying to go in without that little, it's like a supplement, right? You Mm -hmm. know, you you can work out without pre-workout. Sure but why not make it a little easier? Right. Mm-hmm. So that was really, really helpful for me because I was able to concentrate more on, and now everybody's experiences with SSRIs are different, but my, my SSRI of choice is Lexapro. And one of the most helpful aspects of Lexapro is that it would shut off the voice in my head, the, the, the really negative self-talk that would pop up in my brain uh, when I really didn't need to hear it ever. And uh, it would shut that part of my my brain off. And so that enabled me to focus more on just becoming a better husband, a better father, and a, a better man overall. And so I got pretty deep into this process. And I just one day decided that the the whole hunting the snacks thing for food influencing and just being you know enamored with this junk food world it just didn't bring me any any joy and i think it was lapsed in something like uh like pro wrestling like you've you know i'm sure we've all had stages where we don't watch a lot of wrestling for months even years at a time for some of us i know i went three years once after i i quit wrestling but I just none of the stuff really appealed to me anymore and then i realized you know hey i'm 41 and also my kids are following my footsteps. Like I do, I, one of my core values is leading by example. And I do all these things great in my life and the way I, I treat people, the way I talk to people and the way I carry myself and all that, that I want them to do. But then what kind of message am I sending to them about, you know, food? And so we've always been really sensitive to that because I grew up very, very overweight and I don't want my kids to go down that same path. So we started kind of phasing the stuff out and, you know, companies stopped sending as much, sending us stuff as much, even though we do get General Mills boxes from time to time, big shot, General Mills, love the snacks, keep them coming, <laughs> kids love them. Um, like they just send us this box full of just summer themed snacks. My kids are set. They got fruit snacks, granola bars, it's sick. And I'm grateful for that. But yeah, nothing, it just it didn't, 
I, I'm never going to be one of those anti-sugar zealots, but all the stuff just didn't, I was like, Oh, I don't know. It doesn't make me feel good to eat it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stop eating it. I had the same thing with alcohol. I had a really bad experience almost a year ago and it, uh, I had like a week long hangover. I'm not exaggerating. I like poisoned myself, which it is poison, but that, I don't want to get on that soapbox. So long story, not that short. I come out of this, this process with a completely different view of food. And now, yes, I still like cookies and I still like ice cream. I still like all these things. I eat them very, very rarely. I actually had ice cream for the first time in about 14 weeks last weekend at Salt and Straw. Cookies too. First cookies I'd had in months. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me tell you something. When you abstain, that shit tastes extra good. I mean, wow. So yeah, I it's still like, something i like like most human beings i i like i do like food not so much junk food because i've eaten so much of it i think i'm burnt out but making sugary stuff and and running a bakery and and having my life largely revolve around junk food just didn't appeal to me anymore and it really happened at the perfect time because getting back into coaching obviously sends a mix some, some mixed signals when you're like hey stick to your macros while I eat this cereal, you know, or these Oreos. So it can be a little confusing. And like I said, I'm never going to be one of those anti-sugar weirdos, but I know for me, my mental and physical state are better when I don't eat sugar. So take that for what you will, but everybody's built different. I just know what works for me and what makes me happy. So, and I'm happy. And you were also starting to get like really bad backlash from oh, yeah. like some some of those posts like oh my god you would let your kids eat that but even i knew from your social media and your youtube at the time like yeah your kids would eat it but like not necessarily to excess and there was many times like i, I would see the probably like instagram stories where you know you would show your cupboard and it's just like yeah this is or your pantry i should say where it's like yeah like we've had this stuff in here for for a while like yeah and you know what's funny about that is people are so reactive mm-hmm. and over the top on social media. And I get that. And you can look at my kids and tell that they don't overeat. I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard, hard to get them to eat period. So I'm not really worried about that. And we are, and you can look at my wife and I and understand that we aren't going to be feeding our kids, you know, lunchables for lunch. No offense. I'm not trying to, trying to shame anybody that does that but we don't we don't do that we make it we take pride in preparing our kids food even the half-assed ones like the you know peanut butter and jellies and stuff i still take some pride in the in the in the bullshit meals and try to present them with food they actually will like but they all eat fruit they've vegetables uh, you know whatever i didn't eat broccoli until i was 22 so <laughs> what, do, what, can, what can i say but they eat a ton of fruit and they you know my wife and i are going to feed them trash all the time. We they never really eat fast food and any of that stuff. But on the other side, it did after a while, I, I really started to think about those comments and I, and some of them I started to take to heart because it was largely the the leading by example thing. Like what kind of example am I am I leading here? Like like they need to understand these foods are not something they should be eating every day like they are and being exposed to all the time. There's some foods that are fun and the other foods we eat for you know, our health and to, to be alive essentially and to be healthy. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, like most things with parenting, but the transition has been pretty seamless because even though we don't have as much junk food around, 
they still get sugar. I just don't make it a part of my content now, which I also felt guilty about because, you know, there's a little, as your kids age, you, and I'm glad, don't get me wrong. I'm, I love all the videos I made with my kids and stuff, but I look back and kind of like, you see a lot of social media where these parents will kind of almost prostitute their kids for content. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like as kids get older, they start to resent that. And there's a moral dilemma for me as a parent. I'm not getting paid for any of this, by the way. I don't know if people realize that about social media and like influencers. Most of us don't make a living doing that. And so I was just giving these companies free advertising. And yeah, a lot of the companies are contributing to the obesity epidemic in this country, yada, yada, yada. Told you I wasn't in the soapbox or be anti-sugar zealot. But, you know, anyways, so just... I, I do I do feel bad that I blocked so many people during that during those little tips I would have because I wanted to be like, you know what, man, you, you're kind of right. You were a dick about it, but you were right. You know, I should be doing better. And, uh, you know, my kids still had had chicken nuggets and French fries tonight with blackberries, mm-hmm. but they still they still eat like kids. And when we get sent like General Mills sent us the new um, Halloween cereals, there's a like, some car- caramella apple, I don't know, whatever. It's caramel apple cereal with marshmallows. Yeah, I feed that shit to my kids. They don't eat it every day, but I still want my kids to have a childhood. You know, I want my kids to be able to eat fruit roll ups and gushers and and whatever. But I'm not going to let them do what I did. Mm-hmm. And I was raised by boomer parents in the '90s, so we always had Sunny D or orange juice or regular soda on top of the Oreos, the Doritos, all that stuff. That, you know. My parents' generation, for the most part, didn't really understand how bad this stuff was, especially for kids who can't, you know, control their appetite like yours truly. So I don't, I don't have any sort of uh, grudge against them for that. But it's just it was a different time. We know better now, and so we need to do better. I would say like the people were they were right, but at the same time, like there's there's better ways to go about it. Like of they. Because, like I said, even like someone from like watching some of the same stuff that they were, it's like you they were probably looking at one post and just like freaking out. But it's just like there, there's more to to this story. Like, could could you be better? Yes, and you've you, you've shown it. But hey, like even uh, Cookie Monster says, you know, cookies are a sometime food. Like, yeah, it's 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 okay to have them sometimes, but you know, don't don't go crazy with it. Eat, you know, have a proper diet. But I think we see that time and time again on social media. People just love to freak out about something they take out of context and mm-hmm. have no background on and just want to be mad. And I'm not going to be one of those people that's like, oh, everybody's so sensitive these days. I don't, I don't believe that's true. I just believe that there's a lot of people out there because of the internet and social media who feel validated when they are heard or seen in this case just reacting in you know passionate ways maybe a little crazy but they just really love doing that and i am too old for that shit frankly so i'm glad i don't have to deal with it anymore although i do still rub people the wrong way believe it or not my most controversial posts are the posts where i just tell people not to drink alcohol which i think is wild to me that people are that defensive about something that is literally poison mm-hmm. and account, and accounts for 5% of deaths in the world every year. Did you know that? No. 5% of all, of all the deaths in the world every year are attributed to alcohol and alcohol alone. So whether it's DUI or like, you know, 
liver disease or whatever other horrible thing it causes alcoholism causes so i always think that's funny people want to get their their panties in a bunch over booze but you know meanwhile mushrooms and thc in some states are still illegal and uh, that stuff is actually medicine and not poison so uh you know this country has its priorities all fucked up but i uh that and fat kids people don't like it when i talk about fat kids but as a fat kid, I'm allowed to say that. Mm-hmm. So I think parents owe it to them, to their children to lead by better, uh, to lead better by example, because I see it all the time. And I see overweight parents and they have overweight kids. I and mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. So those are my two big divisive topics. I try not to do it too much because like I said, I'm too old. Like I go on social media to, you know, post content that's helpful to people or inspirational or motivational and try to offer value to them. I don't want to argue with people. I don't want to fight. You know, my life's hard enough. I got three kids, man. Come on. So how good is that uh, new monster cereal? I, you know what? I kind of, so once again, this is, this is not going to surprise you. I've lost a taste for many things that used Mm. to kind of appeal to me. I still love cereal though. Cereal is probably the one food that I find myself craving more than anything, you know, mm-hmm. because I think you can just cereals are very eatable food, very edible food, eatable. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that gummy's gummies hitting. Uh, so it's very edible because you never like eat a bunch of cereal and then can't get up off the couch. You know, it's not, it's somewhat light, even if you use full fat milk, but a lot of times I was just cashew or almond milk. Cause I'm old and I fart when I drink too much milk. Now that's <laughs> a fun little, fun little bonus of getting older. And uh, I still find myself wanting to eat a bunch of cereal. That being said, a lot of the like really sweet stuff doesn't appeal to me. I will fuck up, though, an entire Malto meal bag of s'mores, the s'mores cereal, which, if you guys don't know this, it's basically Golden Rams, Cocoa Puffs, and dehydrated marshmallows together in the same bag. Mm-hmm. And it is the most perfect cereal to ever grace this planet and i uh every once in a while i still that's one of the my my few um you know foods that i will eat off diet but uh that isn't a quote-unquote clean but man a cereal as a whole i guess yeah like i said i think i just um my taste buds have kind of been worn out i don't i never really like super sweet stuff believe it or not like the cotton candies the birthday cake stuff like that was always a salty and sweet guy but then as i've gotten older i've developed even less of a taste for it so uh, it's i guess objectively speaking if you like that kind of stuff it actually tastes very similar to the ninja turtle cereal which we also got sent you're like oh why is this guy he's a fitness guy well listen (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna taste it i gotta know for science oh yeah but but you know kids they see marshmallows they they black out and they just they don't care it doesn't matter what's in it but i'd say it's pretty good the monster mash remix is fun but once again very sweet for me so i'm a golden rams kind of guy cinnamon toast crunch kind of guy you know not overly sweet just kind of I'm a, I'm a basic dude although texture really does it for me i'll eat some raisin nut brand i'm not old enough for grape nuts yet but uh i'm sure i'll get there yeah i think the new monster mashup and the new uh, cereal in general, like the only two that I really want to want to try. I'm someone like I love cereal, but like I just don't have enough time to eat it. So like I'll yeah. have like I'll have a box every so once in a while and it all just depends on like my mood. But I know like once I saw 
that a that they're releasing a new monster shield and like they're gonna have all of them together again plus the new one in the monster match i'm like oh like i'm like well that's two that i'm gonna have to get when they come out i wanna i wanna kind of dive back into mental health stuff because that's gonna it basically connects what i had for last week's episode of uh, magnum ck and kind of like where i am at personally with like when it comes to just mental health like i do think a lot of people should like look into it i think even before i went and you know got my own help that i was always for hearing people's story and it seemed to be all the same thing like hey like let's let's make it okay to go get that help like no matter what it is like don't feel ashamed don't feel bad like understand like a lot of us need it and having people come out and talk about it i think was helpful for other people yeah i think that you know there we could we could talk all day about the the stigma of men and mental health and i think it's it's even more common in you know let's keep it in context here in, in professional wrestling you know uh until recently it was a very very macho sport you know and talking about your emotions your feelings your mental health struggles you know as as early as you know maybe 10 years ago would get you your balls busted Mm -hmm. you know and it's very it's not a healthy environment for anybody who struggles with those kind of things there's not a lot of people to talk to or there wasn't now it's so it's more out in the open it's more acceptable to speak about a lot of wrestlers are very um forthcoming with their their thoughts on it and they talk about their own experiences with therapy and that's very progressive and awesome but i can only speak for how it was when i was in the business and, and struggling the hardest there's really not a lot of people to talk to you know people just tell you to cheer up to tell you to i don't know you know keep your head down not be a pussy whatever kind of like i said macho things that guys love to say when they don't want to talk about their feelings uh but you know you had to you had to put your head down and kind of just trudge through but i'm glad i'm really happy that it's a more acceptable um topic because there's a lot of of trauma out there in the world of professional wrestling and the histories of men especially so i think we all need to be a little more honest with ourselves and uh not let our ego make so many decisions and really like i i can tell you like my ego is what kept me from getting help for so long and i thought i could do it on my own and it's, there's no shame in asking for help. And that doesn't make you weaker. doesn't make you less than. It actually makes you really strong because you were able to, you know, push your ego to the side and, and show some humility and say, you know what, I can't do this by myself. I think for me it was I never thought I was that bad. Because, mm-hmm. like, in comparison, uh, when I was dating my wife, uh, she ended up coming to the realization, like, she needed to go to counseling and all that. And because, like, for her, she had like two really fucked up relationships before uh, I ever met her, and like those really had a long-lasting effect on her. And there was at one point we finally convinced her to go to counseling, and her mom was—I mean, she was four, but like she wanted it to be like this secret, like we couldn't tell anybody. And I'm like, what I had come to learn around that time too, like I had a lot of friends who were like talking about like openly about going to therapy and all that. And I'm like, no, like this is not, that's not a thing to be ashamed of. Like it just happens. And so like seeing like what she had kind of went through and like her issues, I was like, well, I'm not that bad, which in, in a sense I wasn't, but like, I still, there's still issues that I had that needed 
needed their own help that I couldn't fix, friends couldn't fix, my wife couldn't fix. Like I needed to see a professional. And the thing that I say too is like there's times like when I when I do go to counseling that it's um I am bouncing a lot of thoughts off somebody who isn't necessarily as close as like my wife or somebody would be. They're giving me a nice outside perspective and some their own professional training of like how to go through certain things. So it's, it, I know for me, it's helped a ton. Yeah. I, I feel like even if you don't, you don't have to go to it forever, mm-hmm. but I definitely think therapy is important to get over certain aspects of our, our trauma or our past that we have maybe kind of pushed to the wayside, kind of swept under the rug, so to speak. And, um, that's what therapy was great for me. Uh, it was, I had to, had to approach some subjects and, and, and talk about some things that I didn't want to, which is, you know, why you go to therapy, you have to be able to verbalize things, put them out the open and have, uh, you know, a third party say, okay, this is why you feel this way. And, and obviously they're professionals. So they know how to, how to figure you out. Mm-hmm. And they also got to give you that tough love. I, my therapist told me a lot of things I didn't want to hear, but that's their job. And you're not going to hear those things from other people because either they aren't equipped to see the, what you're going through, or they just don't want to, you know, hurt your feelings. And like you said, a lot of times we don't realize how bad it is because we're on the, the inside, you know, mm-hmm. we're, you're in it. You don't realize it until you get out of it and you reflect on it. Like when I look back on how I was with my family, I'm like, man, I was really, I was really in it. I was basically like a big wet blanket, just a huge weight at all times. And I don't remember feeling like that at all. I mean, I was miserable, but I didn't feel like I was doing anything to them. So it's really important that when you struggle with your mental health, you are cognizant of of the people around you and how you are affecting them because you may be, you know, hurting them more than you realize. Yeah. that Kind of like what we both said of just normalizing going. I've, I've kind of, I don't want to say self-diagnosed, but like, I know I've had some issues with like some friends and everything to where there's one in particular that I kind of think I'm like, man, you probably could really use going to some sort of counseling. Cause like, I know some of the things that have happened in your life and, and I know alcohol had been like one of the things that like helped with it, but there that kind of just showed like there's definitely some other issues but hey it's like i I can't sit there and give anybody that type of advice you you almost have to like come to it on your own yeah and that's one of those things that helped me so much because one of the you know main aspects of my transformative process was abandoning all of these vices that i had and not to bore anybody but you know i had problems with compulsive spending compulsive gambling Uh, addiction to porn, like many guys. And worst of all, an addiction to food and compulsive eating. And it wasn't until I went to therapy and really started reflecting on my choices. And I realized that all of these vices were just coping mechanisms for Mm -hmm. my stress. And since I struggled so much with my mental health, it should be no surprise that I was constantly looking for coping mechanisms to deal with these hard periods. And so the easiest thing is the instant gratification, much like a drug addict or any addict for that matter, you get that dopamine spike, that instantaneous relief. But the problem with the instant gratification in most things 
is that it is all that fleeting. It's just that dopamine spike. And then many times some feelings, many feelings of regret and shame and physical side effects and affects your bank account, you know? So mm-hmm. that, uh, it all, and that which in turn does not do any favors for your mental health. So I looked at all these things and I made it my goal to abandon them. So, you know, I got in some pretty deep credit card debt and I was able to pay all that off. I dug myself out of that hole and I basically said I wouldn't, you know, pursue these things, buy these things that I had been buying just to, because I don't have enough space, let alone enough money. And so that was easy. Those are, that was easy. Porn was like a real gradual thing where it just kind of like sugary cereal. I just kind of lost my taste, <laughs> lost my taste for it. As weird as that sounds. Um, and then, you know, the hardest one obviously was food, but the, the more I, I abstained from, uh, the junk food and the sugar, the sugary stuff specifically, the less I found myself craving it. And I don't know if how much of that was a subconscious decision on my part or just a, you know, little next step in my evolution, but either way, that was the last one to go. And I feel a lot, very liberated now because I don't, I know that when things get hard, I won't start snacking and I won't, you know, um, just go on eBay and buy four pairs of shoes that I don't need. So that's, or wait until, you know, football season starts and then go crazy on DFS, which I, you know, that was what a waste of money. What a rube, what a mark, (laughs) but you know, we live, we live, we learn. So, uh, I'm happy to be clear of all that. Now probably wondering, Oh, Eric, what do you do now? Well, listen, that when you have three kids, you got to become really familiar with something I like to call breathing. Okay. You're going to need to breathe. <laughs> That's all you got to do. You know, there's, I mean, when I have the time reading is, has been very therapeutic for me. Uh, video games actually are very therapeutic. Even when they're beating my ass, it's still a nice little version of self-care. And I think exercise and eating right are just two of the best ways. And this is going to sound real crunchy and hippie, but if you're going through a mental health struggle, like, exercise and good nutrition is is key to accelerating your recovery but i will say this just exercise alone is huge because when i was binge eating at my worst obviously my diet sucked and i was gaining weight at an exponential rate and promise you had i not been exercising all through that i would have felt exponentially worse i mean just awful and i'd never missed a week in the gym in my life since i picked up a weight when i was 16 no matter how shitty my diet was no matter how bad i was eating i've always loved to exercise and i think that's uh it saved me actually from uh, a worse fate i think and i think that you know they've done all the studies it shows you you can treat depression with exercise because of the endorphin release so if you want instant gratification there's nothing better than just going out there and sweating and kicking your own ass because no matter how bad you feel going into a workout, you always feel better after it's done. All right. This has gone on longer than I, I expected it, but let's start to wrap things up. I'm getting sleepy. I'm old. <laughs> yeah, this is it's edible. It's funny though. The edible um, is not as uh, strong as I thought it was going to be. I've had some real sleep issues lately mm-hmm. in true old man, old man fashion. And I've had to up my dose so I, maybe I'm developing a tolerance for it. I have no idea, but my body just wants to get up at 4am. My wife hates it. I know everybody thinks that's some bullshit I post on social media to be inspirational, but it's not. And it's not always my choice. You think I want to wake up at 4am on a Sunday? No, that's boring <laughs> as shit. 
I don't even have football to look forward to. Okay. What am I going to do? It's my, it's my rest day. I don't have to exercise. It's like, come on, man. So yeah, I try to get to bed by nine, but I made an exception for you. So hope you appreciate it. But, uh, we do wrap things up with the Faye five questions. Let's do it. This is Booker T five time champ. And this is the Faye five questions. Now, can you dig it? Much like last time I tried to pick more food related things, even though you, um, aren't as big into some of the stuff anymore, but uh, there's some fun ones oh, here. I, listen, listen, yeah. I'm always, I, I love food. I, I'm more, people ask me like, do you still love food? Like, yeah, but I'm not like, I don't care about, I mean, it's interesting to see the new Oreo or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't really, that's not my thing. I like real ass food though. You know what I mean? Like I go mm-hmm. and I want to get like a real burger. I want to get, actually, I can't, I'd love to eat pizza, but it doesn't agree with me anymore, but you know, like real food. Um, I don't really get excited about the newest Taco Bell items. No offense, but uh, just like right now, I'm high as a kite. I'm not thinking about Taco Bell. I'm thinking about like some real gourmet shit. So anyways, mm. yeah, food questions are fine. I'm not going to be offended. I'm not like a born again, uh, <laughs> born again Christian. I'm going to get mad if we talk about Slayer or something. No, I'm okay. I'm not like that. Uh, first up, we have, uh, I call it the Jocelyn Navarro question, tacos or burritos? Well... I hate to be that guy, but it would definitely hinge on if we're talking hard tacos or real tacos, meaning soft tacos. Is there a clarification there? Uh, it's uh, any t- taco. Okay. Definitely burrito. I mean, I guess there's an argument to made for quality over quantity and the versatility of the taco. I mean, there's so many different types of tacos between the different types of tortillas, you know, flour, or corn. I'm a corn guy myself. I'm a traditionalist. My wife likes flour because she's white as hell. So I'm like, <laughs> that's not a real taco. You know that, right? But at least that it shows like hard shells because those I, I, hard shells I, I used to love, not so much anymore. But the burrito, you can put so much shit in it. And it really, at the end of the day, is what separates it for me. I just like biting into something that has 17 different ingredients. I think with tacos, like the only like hard shell that I really, really, really love is um, Doritos Locos. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's the yeah. only time we've ever actually used a hard shell as, you know, to, to make the, the food better, mm-hmm. right? Adding flavoring to their shells was, especially the flame and hot, is just genius, genius. And it actually worked. The best way to eat those actually is the, is the uh, what do they call it? The, uh, when they put the, the soft, they put the tortilla, the soft tortilla on the outside. And the hard shell on the inside with a little layer of uh, do you cheese? I don't know. I forget. See, this is how you know I've been out of the game <laughs> when I can't remember my Taco Bell items. But anyways, I, I just, love the texture. I, I love just, the combination too. I just had to sit here and try to remember it because like I want to say double decker. I'm like, no, not double decker. Uh, cheesy gordita crunch. Yes. So yeah, that that where you got the best of both worlds with the cheese. That's the best way to use it, especially when you can. Because you know, if you guys don't know this, you can Taco Bell will essentially do whatever you want because they have like 16, 15 year olds in there. They don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, can I get four Doritos Locos tacos inside of a burrito? Like, sure, why not? We're we're all stoned here, so yeah. But that was one of those things you can sub in the flaming hot. I subbed in the flaming hot once, and it was a uh, it was quite tasty. I'm someone who orders from the app. And uh, my new thing, I don't say new, it's something I've done for about a year plus now. I add potatoes to the Crunchwrap and to the quesadilla. Yeah, the I, I love the. I mean, you know, if you're a vegan, you can actually get some pretty good stuff, especially if you're a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you need some pretty good stuff at uh, Taco Bell, but uh, the potatoes are super underrated. And I love it. Question number two, uh, rank the original Starburst flavors. All right. Let's start at the top because I love to piss people off. We're going mm. lemon. Number yep. one, team yep. lemon stand up. Uh, then we're going to go red, which is cherry. Uh, holy shit. I'm blanking. I know there's a pink one. What other colors are there? Strawberry and orange. That's what I thought. Yep. So, so, so strawberry is pink, right? Mm-hmm. And orange is obviously orange. You know what? I'm a citrus. I'm a citrus guy. I, I, you know what? I, this is. I'm gonna piss people off. Here we go. Lemon at one, cherry at two, uh, orange at three. I'm gonna put. You know, I'm gonna put strawberry. I'm gonna put pink last. That's how I feel about pink. It's yeah. not bad per se, but if you know, gun to my head, I gotta rank them. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the. Uh, the two citrus and the the red. The red used to be my favorite when I was younger, and then I just started freaking out for lemon one day. For me, it's cherry, lemon, strawberry, orange, and I, the only reason is there's a lot of like orange flavored things. So I was just say candy that like I don't know, like it just doesn't taste special. Like it just yeah. like a, it's like a bland orange. The only one, yeah. uh, the like. Tootsie Roll, Tootsie Pop orange. Oh, yeah. All the fruit, dude, the fruit Tootsie Rolls, super underrated. Mm-hmm. I mean, those things are, I mean, regular Oreo or regular Tootsie Rolls suck. It's not, why did they even call it? They're like, oh, chocolate. I'm like, that's not chocolate. That's mm-hmm. brown wax. Don't give me that shit. It's, it's not chocolate, but the fruit ones are super underrated. But yeah, I kind of, I agree. I just don't understand the fascination with pink and uh, with, with, with strawberry and why they like that was the first one to get an entire bag of itself and mm-hmm. I'm like I don't I don't understand I don't get it I get the, I don't get the appeal so but then again I'm I put lemon at number one so I'm a weirdo yeah I mean I have like I said I got lemon at number two that that people always like oh that's the worst one it's like no like lemon's a good flavor yeah stop hating all right question number three the Jessica I question fries or tortilla chips oh tortilla chips all day. Because tortilla chips are a necessary component in nachos, the greatest food known to man. So, like we said before, I don't crave junk food. I do crave real food, though. And on the top of my list, right below burgers, it's nachos. If I can get them in the same meal, I'm doing it. And you can't make nachos without tortilla chips. Not to mention dipping tortilla chips in the salsa, one of life's greatest joys, so not to mention guacamole or queso you know and fries are cool but i and i love arby's fries and i love sweet potato fries and i love waffle fries and this and that. i love french fries because i'm an american and i could live without them though tortilla if you told me i couldn't live without nachos though i would be very upset extremely i never thought of it from that point of view but yeah i guess yeah tortilla chips like that's a big thing in nachos so yeah so i, so I guess the question for some people would be uh nachos or poutine oh not not so easy i had poutine once in my life and this is not exaggeration within minutes of eating this stuff my fingers began to swell like i was going into some kind of anaphylactic shock just from the sodium uh delicious don't get me wrong but definitely an acquired taste it's just a little much the curds the gravy on the french fries it's just it's, I'm surprised it's a Canadian invention. It seems very, seems very American to me, but uh, not my thing. So nachos all day. Question number four, Oreos or Chips Ahoy? Once again, I'm going to be a ball buster here and 
you know, like are we talking original? We're talking original Oreo versus original chips just, away. It's like alien versus predator. Doesn't matter who wins, we all lose. Because the regular Oreo is massively overrated and the regular Chips Ahoy is not a good cookie. Now, I am biased. I don't like crunchy cookies, but I will say that soft baked chewy Chips Ahoy would beat regular Oreos. However, <laughs> this is you're getting me to go back into my into my bag. Uh I haven't talked like this in a while. So the if we're talking the chewy chips ahoy soft baked ones going against like an elite Oreo, like a you know, fruity crisp or uh Reese's peanut butter, or even like the blackout cake ones. Nah, you're not the like the best flavors of Oreos destroy soft baked chips ahoy. Um once again, I don't have a high opinion of the, the chips ahoy, but uh, I will say the Oreo lends itself better for the different flavors and stuff like that. So once again, regular Oreo massively overrated in my opinion, Oreos as a whole kind of overrated, but uh, I'm going to take Oreo over chips away in this battle. Yeah. That blackout cake one is underratedly good. Even cotton candy is like good. I mean, it's just, I never I've had like two bad Oreos in my entire life. One being the Swedish fish because they inexplicably did it with the chocolate cookie, which is fucking psychotic i don't understand why they made that call and then similarly they came out with a um, mystery flavor a couple years back and they put the fruity pebbles cream the fruity crisp cream the one of the great the greatest oreo of all time in between two chocolate cookies mm-hmm. you know what i want with my uh fruity pebbles is dark cocoa sign me up <laughs> Sign me up. So yeah, they they you know they're not they're not infallible. There was they made some couple stinkers, but for the most part, it, Oreos are kind of like pizza. Even like a okay Oreo is still just it's still an Oreo. Uh, question number five, which I did have to like sub out because I had favorite cereal down, but you kind of said you got that one. Yeah, yeah so you've you've already that. said that. Uh, but um, how do you like your steak? Uh, medium rare. I would say that if i was you know leaning to an extreme i would probably prefer medium well as opposed to rare just because i as, as somebody who orders medium rare you get a steak that's undercooked from time to time and something about the texture i like i'm not squeamish about the blood or anything whatever i'm a i'm a sick sick man but the texture i don't like chewing on something that's really soft for a long time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like if I, if I bet into a piece of fish, like a sushi, for example, and really good sushi, it essentially melts in your mouth. It's just very easy to eat. As opposed to you feel like you're, you're chewing a piece of soft goo. Oh man. It just it turns my stomach. I, I know a lot of people love the rare steak, but the only thing I can eat raw is fish. So I, uh, I'm a medium rare guy. Burgers, burgers too. So medium rare. I hate cooked order places. I'm like, God damn it. This is America. I want, I don't, you're going to, you're going to burn it. I don't want it. For me, when it comes, like I'm a, I'm a medium rare guy, but most of the time it's, or for, I should say for many years it was, well, I would get rare, but like certain places, I don't trust them to cook rare. So at least do medium rare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. You trust Ruth Chris. You may not necessarily trust Logan's Roadhouse the same, you know? Yeah, and then like I think there was not too long ago I had a rare steak uh, at a restaurant. I mean, maybe if it was, I had someone I knew like make a rare, that'd be different. But uh, I was like, you know, I think at restaurants now, medium rare is going to be the safe bet to go. And 
probably across the board for a whole as a whole like maybe i'll dip i'll go rare like every so once in a while yeah i'd be more inclined to go like lower on a less cooked on a burger than i would be on a steak just because of the you know it's ground beef compared to you know hard not i mean a solid piece of of beef you know but i uh i still don't like overly soft meat (laughs) so there's still something about it all right and in the uh sixth question uh, because of honor booker t there are six give me your top five flavors of ghost we're talking what uh supplement the protein or Uh, just in general whole, whole catalog uh, yeah, let's go whole catalog. I'll I'll give so, you mine. Say, it gives me a lot more. It gives me a lot more options. Yeah, I'll give you mine, but mine will be um, can only because I don't I don't do the supplement. Okay, so hope, I wish they would. Uh, they, I mean, I've I've heard some rumors, but I don't want to spoil anything. Um, some of the flavors of the powders are immense, but I'll, let, let's start off with my favorite flavor of the protein, which is Chips Ahoy. Uh, no surprise there. The Oreo one's decent. Nutter Butter's okay. Chocolate Nutter Butter's fantastic. It's probably my number two. But Chips Ahoy's my number one. Cinnabon's really good. I mean, they, I, I, besides the vegan proteins, I don't remember any of their stuff that I've tried that I actively disliked. So that's really good. Uh, Energy-wise, and I'm looking at a can of it, an empty can of it right now that I need to throw away. Uh, don't worry, I didn't drink it just now. But uh, the Cherry Limeade Ghost Energy mm. is my favorites which is not surprising because the cherry lime was one of my favorite legend flavors um before that and speaking of that anything and i have to think about it really to rank them but anything sour patch kid and atomic warhead is my jam so the sour watermelon uh energy and the sour apple sour green apple energy are both up there for me as is the red berry hydration from familiar with this product but it's a must in florida it's just a basically like a gatorade equivalent but it's obviously zero sugar and just comes in a little powdered stick you can get it at target but it makes your water delicious so i like the red berry although i will say this i can be a little critical of ghost the red berry and they've gotten so much better at the flavoring since then the red berry was their first sour patch kid energy flavor and they didn't make it sour enough in my opinion the war the warhead flavor is super sour sour patch kids not sour at all so that was kind of disappointing but they've gotten a lot better like the blue raspberry sour patch kids uh energy is clearly very very sour so um yeah so atomic warhead energy cherry limeade green apple chips ahoy way and uh legend wise oh man so they had a collaboration with max tuning then i done a couple with max tuning but they made a sour pink lemonade flavor of legend and even though it came out like two years ago i still have some in my cupboard like a like a fine wine you know and uh so yeah that's i'm really hoping that that's the next energy flavor i really hope so because if you guys aren't familiar with max tuning he also makes sour strips and they have a bunch of flavors, including my favorite, sour pink lemonade. So, um, as a you know, the team lemon CEO, if we get a sour pink lemonade energy flavor, I'll be pumped. All right, my top five. Like I said, I'm just doing energy drinks. Yeah. Uh, my number five is the orange cream, the orange cream sickle, or whatever it is. I do think I like. I was just I like how it's kind of different from the rain, and I like both in their own way. They both they both have like I should say they both have a nice enjoyable flavor. That- yeah, because rain's more like like sun kissed mm-hmm. and and 
ghost is more like orange cream. So mm-hmm. yeah, I always like I always like the two for the same reason. It's kind of sad. Seven Eleven. I don't know if they they've done it up there, but they don't carry rain anymore. Every once in a while, I find myself kind of wanting a little switch up. I don't cheat on ghosts very often, especially because now Seven Eleven carries them. But I'm like, you know what? I don't bang sucks. All these monsters and rock stars or whatever. I'm like, where's the rain at? Because that was my that was my number one before ghosts came around. And uh, they just aren't carried in 7-Elevens anymore. So you can still find them a lot of other places. But I don't know what happened there, if there was a licensing issue or what. See, that's weird because we have Speedways up here and they're owned by 7-Eleven and they still yes. have rain. Yeah, but the regular 7-Elevens do not have rain. I don't, I can't, I can't make, Yeah. Uh, I don't understand the whole Speedway thing. It's like they sell 7-Eleven products, but you still have the Speedway sign up. Are you guys just cheap? I mean, there's literally that's a slurping machine right there, and this is a speedway. What's going on? Yeah, I, d- I don't understand it at all. Uh, number four for me, cherry limeade, very very yes. good. Three citrus. That's like, interesting. I was not a fan, and as a citrus lover, I was very disappointed that I didn't like it more. But you know, a lot of people do like it. I wouldn't kick it out of bed. Mm-hmm. There's no flavor I wouldn't drink. Actually, there is a flavor I wouldn't drink. The strawberry bubblelicious is yes. disgusting. Ooh, woof uh can't do it but some people love it though it's very subjective um the cotton candy bubblelicious unfortunately i wish it was a wide wide release because that shit was really good and uh you know it's too bad they didn't they were probably scared to to roll roll out and full again but yeah i don't mind i'm not mad at citrus yeah the the bubblelicious last year uh i knew a lot of people tried it they didn't like it and i just never came across it and then i finally seen it um a couple months ago so I was like, all right, cool. Let me try it. And oh my God, like it, it's exactly what everybody said. And yeah, like, but as, as a, as a reviewer, not a retired reviewer, but I had, I was confused. I was very, you know, I was torn because I drank it and I was like, holy shit, they nailed it. It tastes exactly like the gum. Mm-hmm. And then I said, I don't want to drink that though. Like, that's cool. You did that. But why though? because it's Mm -hmm. not it doesn't translate well to the drink form so i admired the flavoring from a technical standpoint but man that shit it was hard to drink they sent me a case and i drank them you know i Mm -hmm. drank them of course i did i'm a caffeine addict but uh there's some vices i can't kick because i have to live but um yeah i was i was not pleased with that product and you know that's why ghost keeps me around because i'm i'm not a a little butt kisser. I actually am honest about the products that uh, I use, and I use a very narrow tree of of ghost products, just because you know I'm set in my ways. But energy wise, outside of that flavor, I I drink them all. My number two is the sour apple warhead, and the thing that wow. I love about that is like it it nailed that sour apple flavor from the warhead just perfectly. That every time I drink it, it's just it takes me back to when I would like as a kid and I would drink, I would eat the warheads. Yeah. I wish they would do black cherry. Cause that growing that would, up, like that's what I always, whenever they ask, that's what every time I'm like sour black cherry. Cause they, they make that they made it in other products. Like brothers that a burn that a legend sour black cherry warhead. Mm-hmm. But for some reason they haven't, they haven't done energy yet. Hopefully it's coming down the pipe. Yeah. Cause sour apple and black cherry, like those are my favorite warheads growing up. So yeah, if the sour apple is good, like I, I'm expecting black cherry to be on that same level. And my number one is Swedish fish. That is my Saturday energy drink. 
I treat myself to it every, like I said, every single Saturday. I think that I've had it, I've done it for over a year. There was one Saturday that I couldn't get, couldn't get one. But other than that, it's just, it's like, it, it kind of helps me relax. Not like I'm going to fall asleep, <laughs> but like, oh, it's the Saturday time to pop it open and enjoy the day. I'm not mad at that. I think the Swedish fish flavor is very similar to the red berry flavor and which doesn't surprise me because it's, you know, red, whatever the flavor is, gelatin. And the only difference is the, the sourness. And since they didn't really put that much sour flavor in the red berry, the Swedish fish flavor, although they do, I mean, it tastes just like the candy. I don't know how they do it, but, uh, mm-hmm. the, just the, the flavors are very similar, but I will, I do like Swedish fish more than, um, red berry. Actually, when I think about it, I think Swedish fish is in my top five. I think if I can give you my five within a five, my top five energy is cherry limeade number one, sour, yeah, sour war, sour watermelons number two, sour green apples three, Swedish fish is four, and cream dream schools five. So yeah, we have pretty similar tastes. Just that the citrus doesn't do much for me. Citrus and mango are like in my bottom bottom three or four. So uh, just. I don't know. Once I tasted Atomic Warheads, I was like, oh, they're on some shit now. They're on some <laughs> next level shit. They are not fucking around anymore. And ever since then, every flavor they come out with. Although the I will say this about the Phase Clan Bomb Pop. They mm-hmm. nailed once again like with the strawberry bubblicious, they nailed the flavor. But my with my taste buds, it's just too sweet, you know. The popsicle flavor it was just it was just too much for me. So I wasn't really a, a massive fan of that one. But on the flip side, I was a fan of the cotton candy bubblicious. So I think it's because they t- finally figured out how to tone down the bubble gum flavor. Yeah. That was with the problem with the strawberry one. It was just so much bubble gum flavor that uh, you just don't want to drink it. And it reminded me of the toothpaste you get when you're a little kid. And because when they, they don't want you to, you know, freak out about mint, you know, mm-hmm. it was like strawberry flavor toothpaste. I think my kids, one of my kids has a very similar flavor. So not, not something I want to drink. All right, uh, that that will wrap things up. Any final thoughts or last-minute plugs before we go? Uh, you can follow me by my government handle, Eric Kenry. The pronunciation is I can help you spell it. It's K-O-E-N-R-E-I-C-H. And I'm, I'm on all the cool kid platforms, Twitter, threads. Not as active on those anymore because I have a job and I'm this, you know, I don't tweet all day. That's one of the cool things about being a wrestler is that like that's your main job. You just get to tweet all day and talk shit and repost stuff and it's kind of fun right now. I just, I feel so disconnected from Twitter. Instagram is my main jam. And that's the same thing. Just use my government name. And that's another thing. Like it's not the easiest name to say or spell, but I wanted my brand to be me. I didn't want it to be a company name and be a little confusing. I didn't want to think guys who weren't dads wouldn't be able to get help. So uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. And you can always Google my wrestling name and you'll find me somehow because Wikipedia is updated. So I think that uh, that about covers it. And of course you can find myself at J Summers 330 on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Hive and threads. Much like you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email. If you so choose to desire wrestling cheers at Gmail. Dot com. Like I said earlier in the show, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this fine podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, Podbean.com. All those links can be found in the leak tree in our show notes. But I'll be honest, 
with the show ending soon, does it really matter? I don't know, but that's just me. But you can check out our other podcast friends, such as Hiya Pussy, a wrestling-adjacent podcast, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, The IndieCast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, Gay Marks Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, Power Driver Podcast, Fully Posable, Positively Pro Wrestling, Indie Wrestling Guide, If You Catch My Grift, Marks with Mics, Juggalo Rewind, 20 by 20 Rewind, X Over, and This Ends at Prom. Check out our other non-podcasting friends such as The Mystery Men, Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventure, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, and connected to that, Danger Zone Video in Juliet, Tennessee, ran by our friend Righteous Jesse, Heart of Gold, Toy Hio Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Smoke and Jace Barbecue, 20 by 20 Apparel, JCP Designs, Midwest Territory, if it still exists, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. And as one of my former favorite food reviewers used to say, peace out. Later. It's the Wrestling Cheers. Get up on your feet. Brighten in your day in the middle of the week. And you gotta love the show. Yeah, you know it holds a title for the best podcast. Talking wrestling in Ohio. Finishing a cold one. Take a load off. We ain't all about the prohibition like Josh. So we cheers. And then we sit back. Other shows are in the trash. Kinda like they Nick Stapp. Like the name is Matt Justice. Wearing all the gold. Wrestling Cheers is coming to a close. The number one podcast going in the game. And one day everybody's gonna know the name. It's the Wrestling Cheers. This is Platinum Max. Signing off. Ohio. Good night. The world. Good night. We love you. We'll see you next week. Speaking of that, just one moment. Hey, Brooklyn, please go to bed. No, I'm doing a podcast.